Section 14 of The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Rise and Fall of Prohibition by Charles Hanson Town. Bootlegging and Graft. Prohibition, being a phenomenon, has inevitably bred other phenomena the most ardent fighters for a dry united states are the prohibitionists themselves and the bootleggers a new industry which flourishes every day despite the honest attempts of the government to suppress it has arisen it brings in a fat profit to those who enter it an incredible army of active workers is marching or rather driving in motor-cars through the land doing a prosperous business they do not deposit their earnings in our banks for if they did so the federal authorities could force them to pay an income tax instead they put them in the proverbial stocking and after a sufficient number of banknotes for it is usually a cash business that is carried on are available many of the bootleggers who are mostly foreigners sail for parts unknown there they intend to spend the rest of their days in peace and comfort and opulence why not I'm writing of the evils of bootlegging not only as they apply to a great city like New York. In a certain western city of some 250,000 inhabitants, a city in a state which went dry long before the constitutional amendment, a woman told me that all she had to do was to ring up her favorite bootlegger when she was giving a dinner party, and practically anything she desired would be delivered at her door within 15 minutes it is very difficult to get evidence against these diligent businessmen and i have encountered only a few people who have conscientious scruples about dealing with them it is hard to be consistent concerning volsteadism if the act itself plays merry pranks on sea and shore why should not human beings likewise forget their dignity once in a while the bootlegging evil has begotten another evil graft is stalking through the land hand in hand with it they are boon companions they are inseparable where one is there you will always find the other brothers in sin siamese twins damon and pythias ruth and naomi were not more devoted but their unholy alliance has none of the virtues of those ardent and ancient friendships there is always in any illicit transaction a man higher up who must reap his share of the illegal profits usually the american public rebels at the middleman resents his grasping proclivities but nowadays being humanly thirsty it has no time to quibble and so long as it gets its modicum of spirits it has little fault to find with the humanly fallible protector of the bootlegger who must receive some attention it is willing to pay almost anything for whiskey or gin and used to being done it good-naturedly recognizes the authorities along the way who are in a position to open stores of the desired stuff and see that it is delivered to the crowding bootleggers it is an endless chain and to become wealthy overnight has always been the dream of the average american with prohibition he sees an opportunity such as never existed before and thousands are taking advantage of the situation 
when one considers the amount of revenue which formerly poured into the coffers of the united states treasury because of the tax on alcohol and what the loss of that money must mean today to the government one realizes that in some manner the deficit must be made up the good old genial public is again the goat to fall into the vernacular prices have risen since the passing of the eighteenth amendment hotel proprietors who formerly counted upon a considerable income through their bars now find themselves forced to charge higher prices for food time was when if one failed to order wine with one's meals an extra twenty-five cents was asked it was taken for granted that red or white wine was a part of one's ration as it were and those who failed to indulge in the luxury were looked upon as rather curious specimens of humanity a table d'hote with vin rouge was the regular thing and the wine was included in the price of the dinner with the going out of all forms of drinks naturally there had to be a readjustment of menu cards there is a tax now almost everywhere for bread and butter and a cover charge is made in practically all the metropolitan restaurants gradually one notes these extras are creeping in one cannot blame the hotel keepers rents and wages have increased since the war therefore they must ask more for their rooms as well as for their dining-room service and where one formerly tipped in moderation the average waiter scorns anything less than fifteen or twenty per cent of the amount of one's check the good-natured and long-suffering american people are imposed upon at every turn and denied the privilege of consuming liquor openly they give dinners in their homes where at least there can be a semblance of harmless gaiety this causes fewer people to go to the smart restaurants in a city like new york and generally there is no supper crowd at all lights are dimmed early and while i am holding no brief for late hours i do think that human beings should be permitted to organize their own lives and decide for themselves whether a supper dance after the theatre or the opera is harmful at luncheon time the hotels present another aspect they still do a thriving business but as i have said in a previous chapter for many and many a year there had been little drinking in the middle of the day with fewer people to serve and fewer meals to serve hotel men have been driven to ask more for that service which they continue to render the one bright thought in this painful readjustment is the fact that the prohibitionists must help the rest of us to make up the loss of revenue their checks hitherto much less than ours are now quite the same but then i imagine few of them have ever cared for brilliant lights and smart napery preferring to dine in the dim sanctity of basements and back rooms at an hour so early that daylight has hardly gone when the supper-bell rings the color and joy of the ritz or the plaza would scarcely appeal to a fanatic but to get back to the bootleggers there are many degrees of them some are honest others are not once in a while a gin bottle will contain nothing but water and sometimes whiskey will have been diluted and near beer sold as the regular thing yet with an established trade and recognized business conditions are improving even as there is honor among thieves 
the latest model of bootlegger must play the game squarely and those of the better class frown upon chicanery and are disgusted when spurious material is sold they realize that if inferior liquor is delivered sales may soon cease altogether therefore those who have their best interests at heart and their name is legion are cautious and painstaking and will honestly tell a customer whether he is buying synthetic gin or pre-volstead stuff i do not pretend to know the workings of this nefarious trade but i do know this that many italians and germans and frenchmen among others are doing a thriving business and are only too glad to donate part of their enormous commissions to the local ring who in return offer them complete protection and from talks which i have had with various restaurant proprietors who likewise pay graft regularly i know that our government has lost the respect of practically every foreigner for he sees not only his own people defying the law but the americans disobeying it under his nose he says that so long as there are grapes on vines and apples on trees so long as fermentation is a natural process there will be drinking in the world and he cannot understand why it is against the law to take a sip of red wine with one's spaghetti or a nip of brandy with one's coffee it is all incomprehensible to him his children grow up seeing him have no reverence for the laws of the country he has adopted of course the prohibitionist will say that there is a very simple solution of this these foreigners within our gates should succumb to the inevitable and obey the law true i wish that everyone would obey the law the way for children not to be punished at school is for them to behave themselves but it is difficult to force people to do something which it is inherently distasteful for them to do we invite immigration we welcome hordes of people to our shores people who we know are accustomed to taking wine and beer with their meals and then we impose strict measures upon them suddenly and expect them to fall into line we should educate them first we should let them know what the constitution means what it stands for we should insist that they learn our language study the history of the united states absorb the meaning of america before they attain citizenship we are loose with them why should they not be loose with us they see that we are none too careful when we allow them to cross our threshold why should they help us tidy up the house after they are safely within it the truth is if we would but face it that we are thorough in few things we make a great pretense at civic virtue and national righteousness and we neglect the fundamentals to the core of things we seldom wish to go the bootlegger laughing in his sleeve at the boasted and vainglorious spiritual integrity of america is but the natural result of our own folly he is as inevitable a part of so-called prohibition as feathers are a part of birds as time goes on his business now conducted in secret may be conducted openly he may become a recognized figure in society since we can never suppress him utterly he is like the bounder in every club 
the nouveau riche in every drawing-room he has come to stay more's the pity for an enormous percentage of americans approve of him the while they disapprove of him they know his faults but they say to themselves that even congressmen have faults and they know down deep in their hearts that many a congressman and many an exalted judge patronize the bootlegger receive social calls from him and even speak to him on the telephone when they are out to others the bootleggers know all this why should they therefore venerate a system which is not treated seriously by those in the highest places we are asking of them something superhuman and the latest development is that the bootleggers are now paying income taxes openly stating the source of their earnings with no fear of getting into trouble meanwhile the propaganda of the anti-saloon league goes on in the newspapers with this and that report of how a ring of bootleggers has been wiped out we read of sensational raids in the big cities and there is a cry that federal officers have broken the whole system to pieces thousands of quarts of scotch have been confiscated where it is placed no one seems to know dry agents in their zeal even search hearses and make the undertakers to say nothing of the bereaved relatives of the deceased quite angry the time may come when x-rays may be taken of innocent citizens to discover whether they have been drinking liquor do not smile anything is possible when a great country allows itself to be governed by an organization of fanatics who have intimidated congress and seem bent upon ruining our shipping industry but it would appear almost impossible to get honest men to act in the capacity of spies there is an everlasting shake-up of federal officials who are supposed to see that the volstead act is enforced here again the human element enters that element which the fanatics never recognize the temptations are too great for the average man he knows that bootleggers are getting rich and soon he sees that if he closes his eyes and opens his hand he too can become a croesus at first it may be that he hesitates there is danger of being caught well why not take a chance he says to himself others are doing it after all one has to live and a six-cylinder car would be nice thus is the voice of conscience quieted and soon it ceases to whisper at all that little italian restaurant in his district ah yes they dispense drinks to the favored few who know the ring the bell must be given it would be so easy to pretend that he does not know of its existence and tony after all is not such a bad sort he'll hand over the kale without a question without a murmur and so one more federal official goes to the dogs a man who until yesterday was honest knowing that his lucrative career may be brief he has determined to make hay while the sun shines and prohibition has created another crook in the wicked city though of course it has cured a drunkard in the virtuous country and the anti-saloon people are perfectly satisfied are you end of section fourteen recording by linda johnson